Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're getting ready to go out. You want to get in the mood. There's a playlist for that. You move to the beat. You trip over the dog. You're not dancing anymore. You open the Medibank app and find a physio. We live in an on-demand world. And now your health insurance comes on demand too. Download the new Medibank app today. For SEN America, this is the SEN MLB Podcast. Hi everybody and welcome to the show this week. Uh, we're going to get straight to it, of course, plenty happening, of course, with Peter Moylan up in the bigs, uh, Liam Hendricks picking up a W, we're going to get to more of that as we go through the show, but first up, joining me behind the mic today is the man himself, JC, Justin Charles. Hey, how are you going? Good, thanks, mate. Good to see Great you to here. Great to see you, And former pitcher with the San Diego Padres and Detroit Tigers, Russell Spear. Thank you, Jen. So, right off the bat, I'd like to say something, and I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to this show, good show, sort of. It went yes, a bit right, haywire. Sacked. Yeah, I got, it went a, went a little funny. You had a, you had a what I'd say a, a good mate of mine, or used to be a good mate of mine on the show, Dean Marnell. Yes, speaking of, he was in Taiwan at the time and speaking absolutely. about the twelfth. Well, he absolutely gave it to me at the end of that uh, little interview. Absolutely, just ribbed me. And, and all I heard, all I heard out of you that? two, all I heard out of you two were chuckles and laughs. And yeah, yeah, you're right, you're yeah. right. Where were you on that? Where, where, how come, I thought we were a team in here. Are you looking for support? Yeah, I was. I, I can, t- I can tell JC. you exactly, right. I can tell you exactly okay, what we were laughing we at. Here as we soon go. as we went off air, we go, Spearsy's a regular here. Dino is going to cop it from here. So oh you make your own God. bed. Yeah. Make your own bed. Uh, You've got to sleep in it. I, I'm not surprised by the Marnell antics. So he's been a mate of mine for a long time. But you too. <laughs> can, can I ask what you specifically might have taken offence to? Was it something that uh, uh, rubbed you the wrong way? Oh, look, uh, most of it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> most of the hour. I, uh, See, it's happened so long ago, you can't even remember. <laughs> no, you're, you're right, actually. And I, But I remember thinking to myself, those mongrels, give me nothing. Like, where's the support? We're supposed to be a team in no, here. You've you know? always got the right of reply. Oh. Russ, you always were going to have the right of reply, and you're a regular. So. Well, he'll he'll never get back on this show as long as I'm around. That <laughs> absolutely, and of course, uh, Russ, you have taken the morning off cafe in Williamstown there. Yeah, yeah, I've got a cafe, Fritter. It's uh, it's going well. Uh, Carter Smith Devlin and Co. down on uh, Nelson's Place. We're uh, we're flying along. It's been really good, but but this is refreshing. It's nice to get out of the cafe as well and come in here and look at your ugly heads. Ugly mugs and talk some baseball. Correct. We're going to go straight to the standings, JC. You're in charge of this area. Hit us with it. Okay, the American League. In the east, we have the Yankees, Toronto, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Boston, and the Yankees and Toronto are locked in battle. Is there is there an arm wrestle going on there between them two? They're Absolutely. chopping and changing first place. There Last week... Is. I think last week we the were about changed days twice. Ago. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say last week Toronto was in first place by about a game and a half. Now it's the Yankees back in first place by a game and a half. And the Yankees had a couple of games in hand there as well. But uh, look, 
really interesting over the next month. They've got each other another six times, another three games in each other's yard. Uh, they've just finished a six-game series between each other in each other's yards. The Blue Jays swept the Yankees in their home, uh, and then the Yankees came back into um, uh, into the Toronto home field, and they took two games off them, so uh, it's really evenly poised there. Um, our boy Liam Hendricks gets a W, as, as you said before. He's going to be He's going to be playing in the playoffs, yeah, so yeah. Uh, they've virtually locked in a, a playoff berth there if they finish on top of the East, or, or they'll certainly get a wild card. One of those two will certainly get a wild card. Just Baltimore five games back, do you give them any chance, or do you think it's going to be, for this East Division, American League East Division, do you see just Yankees Toronto sure. fighting it out? For sure. Well, even like we spoke about, and we'll get to them in a moment, but um, Baltimore, uh, Texas. Remember Texas, uh, before the, the uh, non-waiver trade period, um, they were 10 games out of the wild card spot, but playing well. Um, they traded for uh, Hamels um, and, uh, and a couple of outfielders. Now, all of a sudden, their hitting's like really come together. Um, now, they're only uh, a game and a half out of the wild card. So they rolled the dice, and, and they're playing well. So, you know, Fielder's having a, a career year. Um, Cruz is hitting the ball out of the you know out of the park on a regular basis. He's been phenomenal. Uh, their Mel offense Cruz. has really come together. Um, Hamilton, Josh Hamilton, has really made a difference since coming back in. So, did I see that really he might be going down with, for surgery or something? He's gone under the DL with uh, uh, knees and hips. He's got some issues there. Has he's been a Josh bit Hamilton? Prone. He's yeah. been a bit injury prone over the journey, but. Uh, Look, he's certainly made an impact, you know, since being back, and it's been a bit of a feel-good story, and the fans have really been uh, appreciative of, of him and having him back in the lineup. So, moving to the central, we've got Kansas City streaking away, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago White Sox, and Cleveland. Uh, Detroit, wonderfully having Miguel Cabrera back, he's made an impact. Oh, straight away. And um, you know, we had Ian Kinsley go five for five. Uh, the offense is really starting to click. Yeah. Um, so interesting to see what happens there. And they also lost their general manager, uh, Dave Dombrowski. Dave that's Dombrowski. Right. Yeah, that's right. Left for Detroit to go to Boston. Obviously, Boston need a lot of help. What? Well, look, you know what? Don't worry about Boston. They're, they're a, a championship organisation, really well run. That's a, a championship move, if you ask me. Dombrowski, 15 years with the with the Tigers. Um, the journey had finished there. That was about as far as he could take them. Yep. Probably in... The, well, that's probably the way they've uh, looked at it. Yep. Um, interesting. Detroit, uh, one of six teams competing for that last wildcard spot. There's still 30 or 40 games left. Yeah. With and they're only three and a half games out of a wild card spot, and they are they know how to win. And Miggy's back in the team, so anything can happen there. Um, okay, so moving to the West, we got Houston, uh, the Angels, Texas, Seattle, and Oakland bringing up the rear. Interesting, Oakland had been on a little bit of a roll as well, so their offense has uh, been clicking in the last week as well. Yep. Okay, moving to the National League, we have. The New York Mets putting games into Washington. They're, they're about done. Phenomenal. Look at the Mets go. And and uh, I did um, pass a comment the other week regards David Wright. David Wright has been on the DL. He's doing uh, rehab assignments coming through yep, down the, in the minors. Florida State so, League. Yep. Yeah, so they haven't even got... He's been their franchise player for a couple of years now. Having even got their best player. So, you know, the way the Mets have been travelling... You get David Wright back in that lineup, boy, they're looking good for playoffs. Absolutely, and they've had a, a mediocre sort of last ten games, but um, Washington have been even poorer. So, and, and they're just about going to blow. They're, they're going to miss the playoffs altogether. Um, why do you say? Why do you say that? Well, they're eight games out of what, Washington. Yeah, yeah, Washington. Yeah, because they were leading the 
they were leading the East for most of the season yep. with arguably the best starting pitching in the in the business yep. and Bryce Harper knocking home runs out on target to hit 60 bombs. Yep. Um, all of a sudden, they've fallen in a bit of a heap um, and, and now they're eight games out of the wild card spot. So, yeah, but we, we all know baseball well enough that um, you, you can... You, it, Ebbs and flows. You can get on a roll really quickly, and yeah, all of a sudden, sure. eight games comes back to you really quick. I, I don't think you know. You look at you look at some of these teams back here. With uh, I was even even looking at the Braves. You know, the Braves are what eleven games back. Um, it's just a tear. We all go through them during the year. You get on a tear, and, and all of a sudden you're back in the mix. Yeah, you know, it, it been, doesn't take yep, much. There's Absolutely. been a number of teams so far this year that have gone on eight. 10, 12-game yeah. streaks. Yep. So you're right, with around 40 to go, a lot of these teams are still a chance. Absolutely. No argument there, and, and you're absolutely right. And their, their only chance is to overtake the Mets for the lead because they're yep. going to miss out on a wild card spot. The, the National League is really, really strong in terms of games won. Yep. Um, and, and, the, and the Central uh, National League Central, you know, they've got teams that have you know, won 60 nearly 70 games for in wild card spots. So if they don't they need to win the east to actually make the playoffs. I just reckon how the Mets are playing there up but you're right, you're absolutely right. It's okay to go on a 12 game tear but it's who you're playing against as well. So yeah. you, you know so right now um it, the way things are trending Still a lot of games left, you know, still a month of baseball. Anything can happen. Um, but if they don't overtake the Mets, they're going to miss out. So, And that would be a shame with arguably the best, uh, you know, with the best pitching in it. So, Yeah, and they're exciting. I think they play a good brand. I like, oh, like it. Yeah. Make oh, no absolutely. mistake. I, that's one. Look, it went, the National League East went to my fa- one of my favorite conferences. I, I love the teams in there. Um, so we've got the Mets, Washington, Atlanta. Big news uh, with Atlanta, our boy Pete Moylan Pete, back in the show. We're, uh, we're going to get Pete on the show a little later. That's exciting. Uh, uh, Miami and Philadelphia bringing up the rear there. In the central... Just Philadelphia the- before you pass over uh, Chase Utley has uh, left the Phillies. He's moved on to the Dodgers, joining his former teammate Jimmy Rollins, who moved to the Dodgers uh, in the off-season. So Chase Utley leaving the Phillies. Geez, there's some cash in that Dodgers lineup, isn't there? Is there ever? <laughs> Magic Johnson came in and took over as, as one of the owners, and they really they really spent up big to put together a championship team. This this could be they're working on Zach Grinke and Kershaw have been the yep. best one two punch yep. going around for a while now. And, uh, in the regular season. In the regular season, yes. The the, Jeez, the he's thing, not bad, is he? The thing about players, <laughs> hey, typical hitter. In fairness, in fairness. When it doesn't matter during the regular season. Yes, that, that, that is money correct. time. You need it in money time in the playoffs. It's that's for sure. But they really put together a pretty good squad. Uh, yes, El Puig in there. Uh, now Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins. They, they've got a decent team. Let's it, see if they can uh, translate and it's it into mature. playoffs. It's really it's yep. it's an old. It's, I know, it's say old. It's, it's a veteran baseball team in in at good ages. You know, in baseball terms, in if you're around that thirty to thirty five mark, you've been around long enough. You know what you're doing, and yeah. you, you know how to go about your business. It's time to step up. It is. It's time to get it done. That left-handed bat in the lineup, little lower in the middle order. Yeah, he's a ripper. Okay, so uh, so moving to the National League Central, we've got St. Louis doing it very nicely. Pittsburgh also doing it nicely. Uh, 72 games won, and they're four and a half games behind St. Louis, yeah, which that's is incredible, unbelievable. They're it? both on target to win you know, nearly 100 games. Yeah, amazing. Um, and that would be, imagine winning 100 games and not winning your division. It has That'd happened be before over the last few, you know, not last couple of years, but a while ago, teams of, I know, San Francisco Giants won 102 one year and missed out on playoffs. Well, 
interesting. It's a happy clubhouse. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're winning's grinning. Yeah. Um, so we've got Chicago after Pittsburgh, who are looking really good for a wild card spot. They've put four games into San Francisco in the, in the race for a wild card spot. Cincinnati, Milwaukee, the West, the Dodgers are leading that one. San Francisco only two and a half games uh, out uh, from Los Angeles. They'll need to win that division if they're going to play in the playoffs. Yep. But once again, plenty of games. Anything can happen there. Though big news, Pence is down with an injury. Um, and uh, they traded, San Francisco traded for Marlon Bird uh, from um, Cincinnati. Yep. So uh, adds, you know, some clout there. He's hit 20 home runs this year. He's hitting around 230, but that sort of covers Pence there uh, and an and a outfielder that plays good defense. So yep. we've got Arizona, San Diego, and Colorado bringing up the rear there. San Diego Padres this week. Uh, had a history-making first. Matt Kemp, who they they traded for from the Los Angeles Dodgers to the San Diego Padres. He hit for the cycle first time in Padres history just this week, which to me is quite amazing considering the what have the Padres been around for a long time. And, and, Tony, and a little fellow named Tony Gwynn. <laughs> Tony Gwynn played you know? there. And Tony Gwynn, who just never... racked out a bunch of hits. Who, yeah. Um, I think he ran like me, might have been half the problem, but uh, Matt Kemp first cycle. I think he ran part- a bit better than you, Fitter. Yeah, I actually, I actually think for a bloke who was built like you, could run pretty well. I think he actually moved okay. What are yeah. you saying? No, I'm, you, you know exactly what so I'm saying. Tony Gwynn was slim and... <laughs> had some junk in the trunk, but yeah, he could move. Yeah, he could move. He could really move. He had some st- stolen bases. I've never been described as having junk in, in the my trunk. trunk. <laughs> no, I didn't say you. Tony Gwynn. <laughs> All right, in so I've no junk. It's all about you, is it? I've no junk in my trunk. <laughs> Um, yeah, beautiful work there on the standings. Um, we're just going to gloss over Liam Hendricks. You mentioned there briefly uh, early on just through with the Toronto Blue Jays. Picked up a win this week. Generally, this is I'll throw this one to you, Russ, in the position that Liam holds in the pitching rotation. Really unusual for him to come in sort of late in the game and just Sometimes called Seagull. Seagull a win yeah. in that situation. Now four and zero with a two point three ERA. Yeah, I, I think uh, as a pitcher, you'll take him anywhere you can get him. I mean, if you know you get in there and you and you swoop in on one, you beauty. It's good for the numbers, but it's yeah. also, also swoop it's, in on a loss as well. Yeah, that's right. And that's part of, that's part and parcel of the role. But uh, it's a win. A win's a win. You rack them up wherever you can. But I think is uh, obviously. Um, uh, uh, Transitioned well into that bullpen role. I think you look at his numbers prior to um, uh, this season. Yeah, you know they, they've been average at best, and yeah. I think this year he's really sort of you could almost say he's been quite dominant. You know, he was which three, is, three which is and good. fifteen, three wins and fifteen losses coming into the start of this season. Then going to the Blue Jays, really uh, terrific performance uh, with formerly with Minnesota. And as I mentioned just at the start there, now just this season, four wins, no losses, and an ERA of 2.3. Tremendous. We, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago about Liam Hendricks and, and him as a as a young bloke and having that attitude of, uh, you know, Aussie rules attitude, give me the ball kind of guy. And I think now being in a situation where he's in the bullpen, he's uh, capable of getting out there sort of day after day, uh, he might have found himself. Look, I, I think the key number there is... I mean, okay, it's okay to, you know, the wins, but in the position that he's coming in, that, that he's really not in control of that. 
Um, where, what he is in control of is his you know, ERA and walks, hits, innings pitched. And I think uh, the key number there is it's low twos. Yep. So he's not giving up many runs. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, I would dare say, and I, we haven't got it here in front of us, but I reckon his walks, hits, per innings pitched are down around one, you know, like, mm. which is... That's big, amazing. I mean, that's that's perfect. Big, yep, isn't it? For, so, for a guy coming out of the pen, that's exactly what you're after. Yep. Yeah, he's been, uh, been terrific. I know his... Um, I know his velocity was up this year. Uh, got it up to I know, he, himself. He said he's been throwing the ball 96, 97 mile an hour, yeah. which is terrific. So that's yeah. obviously helping the cause with his uh, with, with his velocity getting up there and really been a big part of Toronto Blue Jays still in that arm wrestle for uh, for first place with the Yankees. And it looks pretty effortless too. I think he's, uh, it doesn't look like it's uh, it's it's hard work to do that, which is uh, which is always a good sign. Also having a good team behind you, they're yeah, knock, sure. knocking in runs and sure. plenty of offense there. All right, boys. Look, we're going to go to a quick break, so stick with us. You're listening to SEN's MLB podcast. Celex Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting, where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enables projects of any size to be coated either on-site or in our well-equipped Bayside facility. Celex Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating surface and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celex Recoding Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at selexrecodingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. JC, we're going to come to you now with um, the Under-18 World Cup team will be heading off to Japan for the Under-18 World Cup later on this month. I think it starts in seven days' time. Next week, next weekend, the tournament gets underway. But as currently, Australia is playing against same, some practice matches against a Canadian team that will be part of that World Cup also. Currently leading that series five games to nothing. But That's you right. were in Queensland just last week with one of your teammates, young Taylor Rowe, went up to Queensland to this new camp. My first question to you is, the camp had been at Carrara for a number of years. That's right. They yep. now moved to Service Paradise, I believe. How, how did That's you right. see the, the setup there in Surfers? Look, the, the facility there is uh, a lot better. I think um, speaking with the coaches there, John Diebel, Tony Harris, Graham Lloyd, um, they're a lot happier with the venue. Um, it's a it's a lot better for the spectators, um, and it's a beautiful setup. A couple of fields there, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it, uh, they were saying that it's it's better because um, now they've get it. And we heard Glenn Williams say uh, last week that they have uh, a more minor league setup. They've got to get on the bus and they have to travel. He did you know, say they, they had new, new hitting cages had been that's built. Right. And, yep. That's right. And it's a beautiful facility and it's they're replicating more of the minor league setup that the guys will be going into yep. um, with that little bus trip as well. Um, but they, they were talking about in the past uh, that there was stuff coming out of the ground, like toxins coming out of the ground right. at, at the old facility, right. um, that some of the kids would be getting sick right. as well. So now they don't have that issue as well. So um, all round, uh, it's a it's a fantastic facility and, and, a, and a really good setup. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, and now the, the you did throw an eye across the Australian squad and versus uh, the Canadian team that, that is there. Did did you see them playing hard? Is it a real fair dink and crack and getting ready for this World Cup in Japan? How did you see it? I saw that's it was 
Fantastic. I saw a very, very sharp, well-drilled Australian team. They hustled. They played the game right. They played with intention. They played to win. Yep. They were playing to win. And I yep. think we're seeing that, you know, they're, they're leading the series 5-zip in an yep. eight-game series. Um, and they are doing all the right things. That They look sharp. Um, on the other hand, Canada looked like they were disinterested at times. Yeah, right, I, I, right. Just, you know, like they were playing, they were playing it, it, it seemed to me like Australia were preparing for the World Cup. Yep. And Canada were... Uh, playing some practice games that meant nothing. We're just going to pause on this moment here. We'll come back to this topic after this, but we've been able to. Clubby's gone and got Pete Moylan on the line right now. So welcome to the show, uh, Pete Moylan. Pete, of course, uh, the start of the year you uh, were looked at for Danville Braves, the rookie team with the Atlanta Braves. But, mate, getting called up to the big leagues this week must have been really exciting for you. Mate, it's been uh, it's been a huge, been a huge week. Um, you know, I've signed... I signed a deal, a two-year minor league deal. Um, I think they offered me that because they figured that I was never going to be able to come back. So they, they wanted to keep me in the organization. But um, I had about 12 or 13 outings in extended league uh, in Orlando. And after which point they said, well, I think you're ready to go to AAA and see if you can do this. And uh, I was there for about six weeks and got the call on Sunday morning at 7.30. And it was like, it was a whirlwind after that. Pete, um, Justin Charles here. Um, we've really enjoyed uh, watching all the exploits on Facebook and uh, and tracking how you're going. It's really exciting for us back here in Australia tracking you. Did you envisage, was it always the plan to get back into the big leagues or did that just evolve? I've never really said to myself that I'm, uh, you know, every time I set off on these sort of rehab things, that that is the eventual goal. Um, my, my way of thinking is that I'm going to give it whatever I can to get back to the highest level and if, if that if that can happen fantastic if it doesn't then I can't I can look back and say well at least I had a crack but um, when, when I did sign the the, uh, the minor league deal I sort of said well that's given me a chance to go back to a club where I have a history um, they know me I know them uh, they know what I can do uh, I don't have to reprove myself again uh, as much as I had to prove that I was able to come up to this level I didn't have to prove that I was you're going to be able to compete at this level. So, um, as I said, the, the plan was always to get back to the big leagues. And if someone's going to keep paying me to come throw a ball, then I'm going to keep signing. <laughs> fair enough, too. Fair enough. Um, Pete, you, you, you're obviously in great condition, and, and we did see that transformation um, you know, through Facebook, through the social media. How is the rig feeling, and how, how did you get back down to your, the weight you're at now? It's feeling really good. Uh, I was on a bit more of a schedule down in AAA. I was pitching every other day or once every three days, um, and since I've been back, I had my first uh, outing after the other one uh, in San Diego, uh, which was, was interesting, but <laughs> on that third day... Why is that, Pete? Um, Why is that? Uh, you, know, it's, you know, it's just a little interesting. <laughs> a, a, ball, a ball flew a little bit further than I'm used to seeing it fly, let's just say that. But um, yeah, on that third day, I, I don't think I would have been able to pick up a baseball, and luckily Roger McDowell came to me and said, hey, you, you, got, you got the day off today, so... But it's um, I'm 37 now, so it doesn't recover like it used to. But uh, the fact that I'm in a little better shape than I than I have been in the past, uh, it allows me to recover quicker, and it takes all the stress off the rest of my body. So yep. my knees feel great, my back feels great. You know, my hamstring blew out a little while ago, but that that also feels great. But um, yeah, as far as 
the whole body's concerned, I feel I feel as good as any 37-year-old could, I think. <laughs> well done. Pete, uh, Russ here. How are you, buddy? Good, buddy. How are you, mate? I'm very, very well. Mate, just uh, for me, you know, you've been you've been doing this for a while. You've had a really successful career. Everyone sort of back here in Australia now, little community uh, knows of you well. Look, you know, for, for those out there, do you, do you still get nervous? Is it something that, uh, does the freckle still get a little tight when you get out there early? You know, is, it, is this where you're at? Is it, or is it, all, uh, is it all just smooth sailing for you these days? You've done it long enough that it's uh, just another day at the office. No, it's, it is, I do get nervous. I um, it's one of those things where more nervous when I'm warming up than than when I'm actually out the game. Yeah. Um, especially at Wrigley, you're warming up down the left of the line. I actually hit wow. a guy today. <laughs> out, so that that that's going to fill you with a lot of confidence before you go into the game. Uh, I went from throwing sinkers to just throwing straight fourteen fastball for about the last ten seconds of the bullpen because I've been on smoking. But no, it's uh, it's one of those things that once once you get out there on the mound and, and you try to slow everything down and, and you try and forget about where you are and, and just concentrate on on what number he's going to put down. Um, but yeah, when, when that when that phone rings, there's still that little heart flutter. Yeah, um, yeah it's the best. Yeah, I, I think if, if that ever goes away, it's yeah. time for me to probably go away. To be honest, agree. True, true. Uh, Pete, um, we noticed. Over here, maybe your arm angle slightly changed just in your pitching action. Do you really break down your action, or the pitching coaches break down your action? And have you slightly changed that arm angle now that you're back up in the big leagues? Honestly, it's basically whatever feels good when I'm warming up. Um, it's it's not really. I mean, over the course of from 2006 to now, I go back and look at video, and I've had about nine different arm angles. So. Um, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I've, I've got to this point throwing a certain way uh, and it's working right now, so I'll stick with this one for a little while. Uh, it can go a little lower when I'm, when I'm trying to hold runners on and be a little bit quicker to the plate. Right. But um, ideally, you don't want to change it too much, but um, if, I'm, if I'm able to get some movement on the ball and, and throw it over the plate, then that's, uh, that's, what, I'll, what, that's what I'll run with. That's um, that's really interesting, Pete. You know that uh, that it's what you feel most comfortable with, and I think um, that's probably a, a lesson for all pitchers. Really, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, go with what works. Because um, well, if, if if the moment you're warming up and, and something feels good and you're hitting your spots, then I don't see any reason why uh, you know. And if something isn't going right, then you maybe have a look at it and think, well, what what am I doing? But until until something changes for the worse, I, I think you just roll with what you got. Mm, absolutely. So, Pete, what's the plan for the off-season? Well, it's kind of changing on a daily basis. So I was <laughs> going to go play some winterball in Venezuela. Um, but I just I just got the notice that the Braves aren't going to let anyone go to Venezuela this year. So um, I'm sort of weighing up my options, uh, possibly a month in the Dominican Republic. Mm. Um, but having said that, if I get to spend the next five and a half weeks up here in the big leagues, I think uh, I think that might all go out the wayside. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm earning a little bit more than what, what I would have if I stayed in AAA. So it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a fact of, it's, uh, it's it's all financially driven. Um, I was going to go over there and earn a little bit of coin, um, but the fact that I'm, I'm doing that now for Atlanta, I think. Uh, Things might change. Is, we're, all, we're all praying for that, Pete. Yeah, and is is there a chance, yeah. Pete? We'll see you uh, see you back here if if winter balls on the cards. Is there a chance we might see you running around in a in an Aussie uniform? Yeah, potentially. Um, yes, I'd like to. I'd like to. I've gone to the days where I can just have a, a 
rest for about two and a half months and then sure. fly back into it. So I'm going to have to keep playing catch and keep myself in some sort of shape um, so that I can get ready for next year. But um, yeah, I, I, if I can if I can come and pitch in Australia, it'd be great. If it all works out. But obviously, Russ, you know my priorities when I'm in Australia. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Hang out, with, hang, out with, hang out with the kids. So. And, they, and they usually um, involve I, a nine-nine and a pitching wedge too, a fair bit too. Yeah. <laughs> Early mornings while they're at school, mate. You yes, know I, and, and it's usually, don't worry. It's usually my uh, favourite couple of months of the year. For those who don't know, Pete and I we're best mates, our best man in each other's wedding. So we've obviously uh, spent right. a bit of time together, but it's my couple of months of the year where I don't pick up baseballs very often, but I find myself picking up a baseball every day playing catch, and it's uh, I find myself getting in good shape, and it's uh, it's it's perfect for me as well. It's, uh, it's a nice couple of months in the off-season when Pete's around. When you come out of retirement you again. When I come out of retirement. <laughs> John Farnham here. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. What's that? <laughs> Pete, um, Pete, just going back to the your big leagues right now. Um, when you're in the yep. big leagues, um, in the past, there, Bobby Cox was the the manager of the team. He's now not with the Braves That's anymore. Right. Now it's Freddie Gonzalez as the manager of the Atlanta Braves. Is there a different clubhouse feel for having one manager to the other manager? Um, I mean, there is. Every manager has his own style. Um, uh, it's not so much in the clubhouse; it's more on the field. You know, certain certain ways that he, he uses the pen or certain ways that he decides to bunt or hit and run or that sort of stuff, you, you, you notice that. Um, but obviously playing under Bobby Cox was, was one of the things that I've been most thankful for in my career. Um, but Freddie sort of picked up where he left off and I think he's doing a, a really good job. So um, right now I'd play under... Russell Spear, if he was manager, it doesn't matter. That'd be a good thing. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter who it is. I I just go out there and try and do my job. I got more relationship with the uh, with the pitching coach and the the video guy um, than than anyone else. Um, The the manager and and the hitting coaches sort of concentrate on on the uh, position players more than the pitchers. Pete, um, what about? Can you share with us? Um, it was really exciting, uh, potentially, you know, for us back here in Australia. The time you spent with the Dodgers down the stretch. Tell us about that the time. time that I spent with them. Yeah, it was uh, it was a whole different world. It seemed like uh, the ownership decided that they had a a blank checkbook and they were going to go and write <laughs> checks and spend money like it was was going out of fashion. Um, completely two two different clubs, you know. Atlanta has has a way that they like to to go about their their business and and I, I kind of go back to when I first walked into the Atlanta Braves clubhouse in 2006 and there was Andrew Jones and Chipper Jones and John Smoltz and these sorts of guys walking oh, around and, and you walk into the LA's clubhouse and there was Adrian Gonzalez and Hamley Ramirez and Puig and Josh Beckett and Kershaw and Greinke and it was just it was an endless list of superstars so wow. Um, but for me, it was kind of it was kind of eye opening to see another club. But at the same time, they had a pretty good run throughout the year. But they're still they're still fine just as hard as, as any other club out there. And it's not as easy as just handing out cash and, and hoping that the team will gel. Sure. Um, which we saw in 2013 when they lost to St Louis. And mm. the teams like St Louis and San Fran, for some reason, they just seem to be in the playoffs every year. Mm. And they know how to win, and they seem to be able to do it. Speaking of clubhouses, Pete, um, uh, you know, there's obviously vast differences between the Dodgers and, and the Braves, but baseball rosters, they, they, they change frequently. I mean, you've been a, you're a Braves boy. You've been there for quite a while now. You, 
you're probably renowned as being a sort of a bit of a clubhouse clown. Um, you know, fair, probably right. fair to say. Uh, the clubhouse has changed a bit. Has has uh, is it is it the same feel that that what you had uh, a few years back, or is it uh, is it different? You know, is you still got your mates in there? You still got the boys you hang out with? Is it sort of uh, still got that feel for you? As far as the people that are in here, that's that's obviously changed a lot. But you know me, I don't change a lot whether I'm sitting in front of the President of the United States or sitting in front of my mates. This is I'm going to be the way that I am. And uh, people seem to like it. (laughs) And when they don't like it, they tell me. So, um, you know, I was was in L.A. and I became really good mates with uh, Brian Wilson and and, uh, Skip Shoemaker and and all these sorts of guys. So I'm still the clown no matter where I am. It's, it's happened since high school. My parents used to kick my ass because I'd get the easy class clown but has the potential to be quite smart. So, so nothing, nothing's changed. Amen to that, brother. Uh, Pete, you're, no, you, no kidding. You're, you're at the big league level and we want you to play as long as possible. But I'm just going back to you. Uh, what I said at the start of the interview here was that you were initially selected on the Braves rookie ball team as the pitching coach there, and I did notice that last year you travelled with an Australian Australian team, I think around the under-15 level, as pitching coach on that team. Um, is is that did. an area you're going to look at post-playing, uh, a coaching, I, pitching coach role? Yeah, I, I've, I've had a couple of dips at it now, and I really enjoy it. Uh, I enjoyed the, the spin of the Aussie, Aussie team coach. Uh, and I, I actually really enjoyed coaching the rookie ball kids. I found myself saying stuff to them during their pen sessions or when I'm out on the mound and, and having it in the back of my head to, to maybe use that when I'm out on the mound. And uh, So as far as that side of it goes, it was, it was exciting and it was new and it was, it was fun. Do I think I could do it at those sorts of levels again? I'm, I'm not sure. I think if I was going to do it, I'd like to have something a little higher. Um, not as much coaching more maintenance than, than anything, um, but I never say never, so it could be something that, that I decide to do, and depending if I look at my account and it's running down to the zeros, then I might have to go and pick something up somewhere. <laughs> Pete, who's been your favourite teammate over the journey? I'll drop an answer, though. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> we're, we're talking pros, not, not your boyfriend, Russell, over here. Yeah, it's a loaded question. That does nothing but get him in. That'll get you in trouble, that one, Pete. Russell Sue is my favourite roommate, I can tell you that. Um, as far as teammate goes, uh, it's that's too hard, mate. Honestly, I've had some I've had some absolute crackers. Um, actually a few of the guys in Triple A this year were, were gems. Uh, a guy by the name of Vinny Mazzaro, typical New Jersey name. He uh, he got sent down from uh, the the Marlins and, and the Braves picked him up and he was an absolute cracker. I mean and it's, it's funny, you see, there's two different types of people in AAA. There's the people that are so bitter that they're there because they think they're too good and they need to be somewhere else. And then there's the older guys that are just trying to hang on. Really so grateful. They're really I grateful. Myself, I find myself clinging to the, to the older guys that are still trying to hang on. And, and we, we try and make the most of the fact that we're getting up at 4.30 in the morning and hopping on a bus and catching three flights to go play a doubleheader five hours away. And it's just, but, you know, it's, it's, one of those things that I try and enjoy myself no matter where I am and, and uh, try and help the, my teammates have the same sort of fun that I do. 
That's great. Now, uh, Pete, uh, a bit more on a on a personal level. I know uh, you're you're a super uh, dad and a, and a, and a and a committed husband and all that sort of stuff. How how is uh, how is the wife and kids and and uh, are they as excited as you uh, for this for this next chapter of your life? Is uh, is Mandy uh, enjoying this as much as you are? Oh, she's uh, she's having a blast, mate. She's, I haven't really seen much of them since it happened. <laughs> I got called up on Sunday morning. They called me at seven thirty. We were in uh, Columbus. Ohio, jumped on a plane, flew back to Atlanta, she picked me up from the airport, drove me to the field, which is about 20 minutes away, ran straight into the clubhouse, put on my gear, ran out to the bullpen, I was there for an inning and a half, the phone rang, more than you're in, <laughs> pitched, then I got, after the game, the uh, the bus leaves 45 minutes to go to the airport, so I got to spend about half an hour, you know, saying hello, goodbye, and then flew off to San Diego, Wow. so um, I know she's she's very proud, and she's she's very excited. Um, she's a bit emotional at the moment. I don't know what's going on, but she said that she looked at the picture that she looked at the picture that I put on Facebook of the field. She started crying. I'm like, harden oh, up a little bit. But um, she's she's good. And Leilani's, you know, she's running around the place like a madman. So she looks like mum, but she acts like me. That's a bit of a strange combo. Yeah, that, and that's a worry a little bit. You know, oh, it's good that she looks like mum, bit. not you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I want. I was like as a young kid, so. Uh, look out, boys of Melbourne. Yes, yes, that's no, good, mate. Well, congratulations. I think uh, I, I'm I'm absolutely wrapped for you, mate. I, you know, for, yeah, we all are, Pete. For, for for a mate at home, and and I know I speak for all of us uh, here that uh, you know I'm, I'm just absolutely wrapped for you. I think it's a it's a great story. I'm uh, I'm absolutely proud as punch that uh, um, that you're doing what you're doing and you're still doing it. So congratulations. Thanks, buddy. Really where, where, it. where do we find you today, Pete? Where are you at? Are you in Atlanta or you're on the road? No, I'm, I'm sitting in the uh, in the inner workings of Wrigley Field right now. I'm uh, waiting for the bus one or and or bus two, depending on this bus one, to take me back to uh, the hotel. And then tonight I'll probably go out and get a nice feed and uh, get an early night. And we've got another 3 o'clock game here tomorrow and then a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. Okay, well, uh, good luck to you, Pete. I really appreciate you giving us your time. Um, today, uh, congratulations on making back to the major leagues with the Atlanta Braves, mate. Terrific performance, and we'll be following the rest of the season and the rest of your career closely, mate. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll speak to you later on. All right, Fredo. All right, Charles, boys. Keep it on the black. Thank you, buddy. Selix Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting, where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enable projects of any size to be coded either on-site or in our well-equipped Bayside facility. Selix Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Selix Recoding Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at selixrecodingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. Great chat there with Pete Moylan. Unbelievable. In the, in terrific. Really got a tremendous career going, but he seems to have a good balance about what's going on. doesn't seem to take himself too seriously, and Russ, it was, it was mentioned there that you've been friends for a long time. He doesn't seem to get 
overly confused with the whole hoopla of big league baseball. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's one. He's a he's a super entertaining bloke. He's a funny fellow. He's good to have around. Um, uh, my wife doesn't think so so much because we sort of uh, spend more time with each other than right, we probably right. need to. But yep. um, he's right in what he says. He, he could be speaking to the Queen or uh, or a fella on the street, and and you get the same fella. And I, I think that's uh, that's a wonderful trait. You know, I think that's really really good. Yeah. We were talking off air uh, before, Russell. What do you think uh, has been his best attribute uh, to perform at the highest level in Major League Baseball? Yeah, look, it, it's interesting. And I, outside of the physical stuff, we all know he's obviously he's had a great career. Um, he's he's uh, done some wonderful things for baseball. But for me, strength is probably his his ability to to switch on and switch off. Yep. He, um, you know, being in a bullpen guy, he's he's got to get up, he's got to go, and he's got to be prepared to be 100% really quickly. Um, but I've seen it many, many times where he's had some amazing outings and, and got some big outs, and uh, he walks off the field, but get out of the clubhouse and get in the car and go get something to eat, and, and it's like it never happened. Yeah, you know, right. it's, it's amazing. Give us an idea of, of, of some of these big outs. Oh, look, uh, probably a couple of years ago, I I was in Atlanta watching him play, and, and he had some had some. Big opportunities coming in against the Yankees. Uh, he had to face uh, Jeter in Yankee Stadium. No, well, the ones that I remember really well, which really stand out, were in Atlanta, and, and they'd played. Uh, um, they had a pretty good series, and, and they, he came in against Derek Jeter, runner on first base, one out, and uh, got a double play, which was which was a big one out of the inning. Fantastic game over for Pete. You know, a couple of pitches, and, and he was done. Next day, come in and, and did the same thing, and had. Uh, uh, a Rod, Jeter, A Rod, and, and somebody else, and Teixeira again, didn't. Teixeira got a got a uh, got a double play with a runner on first and third, uh, and got A Rod to pop up, yeah, and again got out of the clubhouse like nothing happened, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and the next night went in with Teixeira with two out and got him to pop up, and uh, again like nothing happened. So that that would be cracking champagne and you yeah, know, like celebrating I, that. Like I wouldn't sleep for a month. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. he has that ability to go out and it's just business as usual. That's my job, you know that, and that's how he sort of treats he, it. I think he knows. Now in his own mind that he actually belongs. Yeah, he no doubt. knows he can compete at the major league level. So once you know that, have that belief that you belong here. Yeah, I think it balances a lot of stuff out. And he's and he's been he's been really durable. You know, he had he had two years where he was eighty plus outings a year, and I think that that's a franchise record. Yeah, I've, absolutely, I've they were for the Braves. Yeah, and that's uh, you know that, that's unreal. I mean, for a guy who's had so many surgeries, and he has had, yeah, you know, he's had absolutely. some back surgeries and some serious ones, some shoulder surgeries. Uh, Elbow surgeries. He has an ability to, to bounce back, and he's got a, he's got a body that just uh, accepts what it's going through and, and and deals with it really well. Mentally, he deals with things really well. He doesn't take things too seriously. Yeah. Um, but it, it, on the flip side, when it's time to go, he trains as good as anybody. Mm. From uh, we were talking also earlier about the arm angle, and Pete made mention. I to, found that fascinating. To the arm answer to that angle in it. As a pitcher, Russ. Yeah. Um, the number of pitches that you can throw from that angle. A lot of pitchers will try and like to have a three-pitch repertoire. Some guys come out claiming that they've got eight pitches. I think Matt Suzaka, <laughs> when he first came here, had eight different pitches that he would, would sort of uh, comment about. But from that angle, you don't have too many options, do you? You've got the one, a dipsy doodle that way and a dipsy doodle that one. Yeah, it's interesting. I, Is that I the think, technical term? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. all I've got. Yeah. That's all I've got yeah. for him. <laughs> the dipsy doodle. I think, uh, I, I think it, the difference between throwing at an angle like Pete, that, that some pitches that... Uh, for instance, throw over the top and are quite conventional. Um, it, it's a little bit harder to do some of those. In case in point, sort of just throwing the old standard fastball away to a right hander is not so easy for someone like 
Pete yeah. or a sidearm guy than it would be for a, for a stand-up over-the-top rider. Over-the-top guy, yeah. Um, you've got to work really hard to get that ball out there. But in saying that, it's a whole lot easier for Pete to pitch inside to right-handers because naturally that's what the ball wants to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so to have that balance, I know I know in years past when he had some really good years, um, uh, the catcher, Brian McCann, uh, their deal was I'll set up right down the middle, I'll make myself as big as I can, whether it be a fastball or a slider, you throw it right at me and let the ball do its thing. Yeah. Uh, and he said, and that made life really easy for him because everything was going in the same direction. Um, you know, throw the ball down the middle and his slider would break away. He'd throw the ball down the middle and his two seam would run in. Um, and he said, and that and that just simplified things. And he said, it, it, it pitching become a whole lot less complicated uh, when I knew that I just had to whip it right down the middle and let the ball do its thing. And he said, and yeah. I, you know, his numbers, I think, um, show that, that he had good success doing that. Do the simple things better. That's right. And he's good at that. He's yeah. good at that. Yep. Wow. All right, boys. Uh, we're going to move on a little bit. More to go in the show. We're going to come back to we were at the uh, under-18s, the mm. academy, before yes. uh, we got Pete on the line there. So we'll just try and come back to where we were, JC. You were up in, uh, yes. in Queensland with young Taylor Rowe from Werribee Baseball Club who headed up there just for a bit of a tryout and a bit of a few people wanted to look-see at the young man. Um, you were mentioning that uh, the Canadian team, um, I think, was the last thing we are on. Canadian team didn't look kind of... Re- what I do know, though, that I found out yesterday is that they've played 55 games of baseball before they got to Australia, that Canadian team. Well, it look, this opens up another, another topic, and I, I feel the Canadians looked like it. Um, and uh, I think I was uh, I saw a game of um, Claxton Shield baseball a number of years ago. I was in Sydney, yeah. New South Wales playing Victoria. It was middle of the day, and I was up there on business. And I thought I'll sneak out lunchtime, go catch a, catch the game. And what I saw was the problem I feel a little bit with baseball in Australia and I feel professional baseball sort of mucking it up a little bit because we've got guys coming off 140, 160 game seasons and then well, I'm going to have to say looking a bit, dis- well, the game that I saw looked, a bu- two teams really disinterested. Yeah, it, right. was, it was really not enjoyable to watch. Saw guys when they'd hit a ground ball, they weren't you know, sprinting down the line, you know, proper 90s, not sliding into bases. Um, you're just not playing the game right. No hustle. And it was really uninteresting. Yeah, going through the motions. Going through the motions. Yeah. And, and that can happen when you come yep. off a long 160, yep. you know, 140, 160 game season. That can happen. But it's no good for baseball in Australia. Agreed. And what I saw uh, at the academy or at, at this um, internet, and it's an international event, right? Absolutely. So they're playing for points. Yeah, this is um, World and, Cup. And we've got in our notes here 20 points going to um, to the Premier 12 rankings, yeah. but that's 20 points per game. Yes, per game. Per game. And so they've just picked up 100 points. Now, what they miss out on the Premier 12 last time? 22 points. 22 points. So in, in the space of you know under a week, yeah. they've picked up 100 points going towards that that Canada aren't getting. Yeah, now, they're right. already in the Premier 12, Yes, um, and, and they're getting whopped yeah. by a team. That uh, that isn't really in it. But and we probably spoke, should be. We spoke, and with, they played like a team that that should be in there. We spoke with Brett Ward a couple of weeks ago, yeah. head scout for the Baltimore Orioles, and he said that that entire Canadian team was signed. So surprising to see a bunch of kids that are signed. 
maybe being a little blase about but I think about that's, approaching that's what a I'm world ta- tournament. You know? That's what I'm talking about. They're they're the ones they're, they're the type of players that I'm talking about. Yeah, the ones that are signed. See, if you aren't signed, you're playing with a different level of intensity. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's no goal. I mean, what's the goal? Yeah, you know, what yeah. is the goal? The goal is to get signed and play winning. Yeah. Baseball at major league level, yeah. right? And so, You've how do been you? Part how do you, this, Russ, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, You've I'm, I'm going to throw that over. I'm going yeah. to say, you know, how do you feel about that, Russ? Because, like, the the idea is to play in winning baseball, and and you're gonna you're gonna get promoted or demoted based on are you going to help the team win? And these guys are playing like they've already been signed. There's nothing to play for. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah I th- I think it's it's an interesting one. You, the, the topic that you raise, because I think in, in, in Australia, and we all, we all agree, and we've had this conversation many times, that we don't play enough baseball. That's right? true. We all, we all understand that. Um, so these kids that, that we've got in this team have gone through an academy for a few weeks. They've got some baseball legs underneath them. You know, the, the, the arms are getting in shape. Yeah, we're all, we're all, we're all, uh, uh, everything's going okay. Yeah. Um, I think if you expanded our, pre-season essentially and turned ours into 55 games I don't think our kids could stand up to that either right now yeah. uh, I think that we're, we're conditioned to play a couple of games a week yeah. uh, we're not conditioned to play every day so I think we're still really energised and, and it's a great time to go into a tournament for us you know, as Australia um, if you're an American team who play every day or a Japanese model team that, that, that plays every day and yeah. trains every day Different kettle of fish. If they were going through the motions, you'd be pretty disappointed. Yeah, um, but that'll sh- never happen with Japanese baseball. Never, never, never happen. And that's a, that's a good thing. Yes, that's, absolutely. It's good for baseball. It's good for for their uh, for their brand. And and hopefully we get to that as Australia. But I think that uh, if we played a heap a heap more baseball, I'm talking you know a couple of months worth of baseball pre tournament, I'd, I'd be interested to see how how uh, where our levels are at. JC, you talk about guys going through the motions a little bit, whether we would go through the motions purely because we're tired, physically and mentally tired, because we haven't been through the rigours of everyday baseball before, um, or um, we would improve. And that's something that's exciting for us because we just don't know. We don't know. That's really, really good comments there, Russ. Speaking with John Diebel, uh, and he's just come out of the, uh, he's come out of that being in charge of that program now. Yes. And, uh, but speaking with him um, last year, when they beat New Zealand, uh, and they whopped them, um, and the guys walking around like they were, you know, big leaguers, and and Deeb's called them all in and absolutely reamed them. Yeah, absolutely reamed them because they didn't hustle, they didn't play the game right. And he he made a promise to them. He said, "If you play like that again, if any one of you play like that again, you will never play." For the country again, he's good for that. And he said, "If you play like that again, we should have beaten them, yeah. but we didn't beat mm. them in the right way. Right. And you're not playing the game right. And I promise you, right now, if you play like that again, you'll never represent Australia because I'm not having that at that level." Mm. He pulled three guys aside and said, "You're fat. This is an elite level. What other elite level sport mm. would you get away in that kind of condition?" I, and credit I've, to I've those kids. <laughs> but in credit not just to those, on the baseball now, field. Now, though. now, now, what's the wash up of that? So, 12 months later, yeah. We see what I've observed is yeah. a very, very sharp, well-disciplined bunch of kids playing the game in the right way with proper energy, proper focus, yeah. and, and they're playing a win, sliding into the bases hard, sprinting down the lines, making opportunities. Every at-bat counts. And you know what? That's That comes... And, and the kids that he singled out, one of them quit. 
Yeah. So he was never going to make it. Okay. And the other two guys have dropped 10, 15 kilos each. Right. So, and, and looking fantastic. And, and reaping the rewards of that. And then all of a sudden, a couple of scouts, talking to a couple of scouts that were up there, now all of a sudden they're looking at those kids that were overweight because now that looks like they're serious about their baseball. So, you know, Deeb's by giving them, you know, the, the, the news in a harsh way has really put the program on track. I can't wait to see. They're, they're going to. I'm going to predict they're going to have a really successful series in Japan. We're going to uh, follow the results from that tournament uh, um, closely. As I mentioned, it starts next week in Japan. The team will be managed by Steve Fish, former Perth Heat manager. Graham Lloyd's part of the coaching staff with Glenn Williams, who we spoke to the other week, and uh, Damien Shanahan. Neil Barrowcliffe will be the EO on that team. So we wish the kids all the best in their endeavours travelling over to Japan for the Under-18 World Cup team uh, starting next weekend. That's a that's a great staff, by the way. I mean, that's, that, that shows... <laughs> Does it that, get any better? I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, that, I, I think that, um, that that shows that we're, we're trying. We're really having a go at this. You put the, a staff side like that together, and that's not the only one that could go. There's, yeah, there's others. absolutely. That's really exciting. I'm, I'm really happy with that. But what you, That's... I 100% agree with you, and it's another topic for another day about you know contri- you know the big leaguers and college guys that go over and contributing back into coaching when they get back to Australia. But uh, Canada have got big league coaches; they've got guys with big league time yeah. coaching them, and it's really interesting to see them play like that. Because if they play like that, they're going to get absolutely pasted yeah. in in this next. Uh, um, tournament coming up in Japan. Yeah, going to be an interesting tournament, so follow the endeavours of the Under-18 uh, World Cup team. You can uh, sort of get it online and be able to follow the tournament from there. Uh, the other team that is overseas as we speak is the Cronulla Little League team that uh, won the Little League Australian Championship a couple of weeks ago. They're in Williamsport, Pennsylvania as we speak right now. The tournament was to start yesterday but unfortunately got rained out. But Australia will we'll start its tournament uh, tomorrow, I believe. The 22nd is uh, when Australia will play their first game. So, again, you can uh, follow the endeavours of the team over there. And this is a, a last one that will come from me, guys. I'm going to throw this to you. We've got, we, we got a mention on uh, MLB News, too. Darren Fullerton had a nice interview there. They're talking about the you know the different countries' teams that are uh, in the Little League. Uh, there's a nice little article if you check it out on MLB.com okay. with uh, Darren Fullerton. Yeah, nice. Well, yeah, you can follow the team online, so stick with it. But uh, last one that I'm going to throw up here for comment, guys, is uh, New Zealand media reports that the World Baseball Classic has become now... A big, big tournament. Russ, have you were you ever part of a World Baseball Classic? Did no, you it was it was probably post my baseball career. The Interesting, it's where, where sort of Pete Moylan became back on the radar, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, at, it at the first was. one. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a whirlwind uh, coming out of Claxton Shield. Uh, he'd he'd sort of only just started pitching, and yeah. uh, um, I think excited enough people with with what he was capable of. You know, velocity, uh, breaking balls. Although the velocity as good as it was, balls were going off the back net. But again. That, yeah. that doesn't matter. They're excited by a sidearm throwing the ball 95 miles an hour. And they saw that number 36. on the gun. Correct. And they Correct. saw the number on the gun. So it all happened pretty quick for Pete after that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, from that, uh, that was 2006, I believe, uh, New Zealand media reports that Perth here in Australia will host uh, World Baseball Classic qualifying games. Is that in, even credible? In February next year. Yeah, it's credible, <laughs> mate. They'll, they'll be worth ranking points towards... Uh, the Premier 12 next time round, but 
Um, right now, teams that will be a part of that, of course, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. I believe they're trying to get another team to travel to Australia to uh, make it a four-team tournament so they can go round and round. Do we know what time of year that's going to be? February. Well, at least we know where we're taking our yes, holidays this year. Yes, so I'll book them in. <laughs> but interesting to see because that really has become a major player, that tournament, the World Baseball Classic. It caused huge prize money along with the Premier 12. The Premier 12 starts in November later this year. Huge prize money up for both tournaments. Do we know who's playing in those games over in Perth? Uh, Australia, New Zealand and South Africa at this stage with possibly another team to be added later on. They might even try and get a Canadian team to travel. They can get uh, a Taiwanese team. Uh, Korea yeah, has travelled out here. Yep. Chinese Taipei has travelled out here before. So there, there's a number of teams that they'd be able to look at to possibly come and uh, be part of that qualifying games there in Perth. That's awesome. That really is. Uh, that's yeah, huge really news. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know you were going to say that, and that's uh, that's massive. That's a huge one. But uh, guys, we're going to have to wrap it up. That's the. That's all we've got for today. Uh, Clubby's giving me the wind up. Says times up. We've got uh, plenty more information we could get through, but we'll save it all for next week. Um, thanks very much to Pete Moylan for giving us his time today. Russell Spear, thanks for joining us in studio. And as always, JC, good to see you again, mate. Uh, thanks for listening to SEN's MLB podcast, and we'll speak to you next week. Thanks for listening to the SEN MLB podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.